0: welcome to ryan shanks is in a mood episode number 18 today i almost did that like a welcome to ryan shanks you know that sort of radio i've been on the tangent okay we're doing the tangent before we get into the actual thing i've been on the radio a few times for for music stuff we've done some and uh we've done a couple of live sessions tony and i and it's really interesting what uh the the change in the in the radio announcers voice you'll you'll go in and they'll there'll be a song playing right so they can just talk to you because they're on mute and and all that and uh i'll be talking hey how are you guys you're good are you yeah blah blah blah, chit chat and then he's like sweet we're on in five or or, or like whatever tells you to shut up pretty much <laughs> which is cool and then welcome back it is eight seven uh, 17 past eight we have ryan and tony shanks here they're going to be performing some songs for us guys how have you been what and it's just like a completely different person and that's where i think our podcasts have sort of taken over um radio in some sense because it you're kind of treating other people like actual the the people doing the podcast are treating their listeners like normal humans like peers rather than a bunch of i don't know i don't even know what it's it's the most bizarre thing it, i've always found it bizarre uh listening to the radio and the announcers but actually being there and seeing the change is the even weirder because it's it's literally an act it, you know which is fine but <laughs> bizarre i never listened to the radio much anyway because um they didn't really play the music I like listening to which is exactly what we're talking about today is uh we're doing a top 10 it is my top 10 favorite bands uh and or music well top 10 favorite should we say acts I don't know musicians slash bands so obviously a the band counts as one okay uh a little disclaimer this is my this is my 10 favorite I don't even think these are the this isn't the top ten best i don't I don't think this is the top ten greatest of all time at all. My list would be a lot different. there'd be definitely some on there that would stay on there uh yeah, probably the majority of the list to be fair, but there'd be definitely some that you would you'd have to take out and put put others in definitely but this is my top ten favourite. I don't think this is the top ten greatest of all time uh so that's that's a little disclaimer uh we're obviously gonna start at ten and work our way through uh It's quite fun to do because it's so much more objective than uh the the sports one you know the the top ten greatest athletes of all time is somewhat subjective like it's opinion based but there's definitely uh how did I say that word definitely I added a letter definitely definitely fuck now what's I don't know the right way now definitely yeah I added an N that's cool made up new words made up new words and that's how we do it you know we're just out here we're out here making up new words that's cool and whenever I make up a new word I'm just like baby lock the door and turn the lights down low and that's how we do it in the creed We we make new words accidentally but nonetheless we have We've, we've added something to our vocabulary so definitely <laughs> my favorites when <laughs> my favorites when people are having an argument with you or, or someone online or, or and a real heated a big novel about something and they get definitely and <laughs> definitely <laughs> they get that word and defiantly mixed up and it's uh you know i i always like to read people's typos or just actual errors. I like to I like to pretend they did that on purpose. So, so rather than something being definite, it's defiant, and it makes it much more fun. Anyway, <laughs> we are doing the top ten. My top ten favorite musicians. I don't know how long to talk about each one. I don't wanna. I don't wanna start and talk like for fifteen minutes about the first three, and then the better they get in my opinion the shorter I talk about them so we'll see how we go it might be a real long episode or it might be real short actually you'll know because you'll see the total length whereas I don't know yet so if this is over an hour sort of an hour 15 you'll know that I went longer than I thought I was going to go for okay let's kick into it um oh actually (laughs) sorry guys sorry creed members uh i was gonna say i am gonna do the top 10 uh female athletes of all time i literally completely forgot that was gonna be my my next episode and then you know the world started doing what the world did and uh my last episode sort of was like a (laughs) kind of just like a what the fuck type scenario um but there you go um if you can hear a faint noise in the background by the way that's uh cookies being made which makes me very happy so I don't know if you can even hear that but anyway I was just wanted to quick flex the fact that I'm about to be eating cookies later ha. right let's jump let's jump into it otherwise uh this will go forever so like I said top 10 favorite and fuck this was really hard there's some that uh, there's some well yeah there's some that aren't in here that it was it's kind of like leaving out your favorite kid or, or like choosing your favorite kid sort of thing so there was some that I was like oh fuck do I make it a top 15 instead then I was like no I don't want to do a four-hour podcast um so yeah I, I've got the 10 again another another disclaimer my top 10 favorite songs uh there's Cause I'm the sort of person that figures that out. I'm like, (laughs) I love the top ten thing. I like, especially musician wise. I'm like, oh, that's this is my top ten favorite songs ever. Blah blah blah. Uh, But they, uh, there's some songs that are in that list uh, that that the artist isn't in my top ten favorite artist. So the way I've done it is, I've kind of got to like the majority and have listened to and will regularly listen to the artist's sort of whole catalogue you know not just i like one song like jeff buckley for example i really like jeff buckley obviously his rendition of "Hallelujah" is like one of the most famous pieces of music ever and i like i like grace the album but apart from that and and even then only i you know i couldn't name every song on the album sort of thing so but you know hallelujah is obviously right up there in, the, in my top favourite songs ever, but he's not on the list. Does that make sense? So that's how I've done it. It's I've I've put some thought into it. <laughs> um yeah it was gonna be so I put a quiz up it was either going to be top ten albums, top ten artists or top ten songs and uh the majority vote was artists. So that's what we're doing. Um right. Number ten. Drum roll. Oh that's what I need on the soundboard is a drum roll. Um what have we got in the in the absence of a drum roll? Hmm. Uh what do we reckon? <laughs> Actually, this is my favorite song ever. Here we go. COVID-19. <laughs> COVID-19. Done. Haven't heard much about COVID lately, right? Anyway, sorry, let's not tangent. Um <laughs> without the that that's, that's going to be our drum roll. It's just the COVID-19. Right. Number 10. <laughs> is funnily enough and you wouldn't think is justin timberlake curveball i don't think anyone would have uh would have picked that or maybe a few people but justin timberlake to me is he's such a good uh songwriter and he's he's what you call a triple threat you know he can sing dance and act uh obviously i don't acting's fine watching that guy dance is like, yeah, and I'm not sure as far as, like, if you're a, a a pro dancer, like, dancing's your thing, I'm not sure how good he actually is, to, to the layman, he's pretty fucking awesome, doing it while singing too, it's, um, you know, saw him live in 2015, yeah, in 2015, it was, it was unreal, you know, he's, um, yeah, he's, he's awesome, my favorite album of his, think I've actually talked about this on the podcast already is the 2020 experience it's like a double a double album and it's uh even within the album it's got such a range of genres it's and that's what I like about him it's he can he drifts into country obviously mainly pop but he'll drift into you know he'll have people on uh, he'll have rappers do verses and stuff so he's drifting into that hip-hop sort of yeah he's he's phenomenal and his songs are they're just inherently good songs like the the hooks are yeah he's yeah he's awesome um again the fact that he he can do it all live and it's again sometimes better live is um to me what i I like live stuff better than the studio version half the time, and so when someone has a good live album or a good, they can perform live. That, that, you know, they earn a lot of points. So JT, he's got that going for him. His latest album, yeah, fine, some good songs, but the the two before that, obviously, 2020 Experience is my favorite. Future Sex Love Sound. That's awesome as well, but it's again quite a cohesive album, so it's quite similar to itself, which is cool but yeah, if you haven't, go listen to twenty twenty experience just the whole way through um and it's kind of like a little roller coaster of of different uh yeah different genres and and styles and I mean it's got what two i think it's two twelve song track, I think it's a bit yeah, so it's like yeah twenty four twenty five songs which is immense and that's where the name came from the 2020 experience is uh they wrote 20 songs in 20 days so that's and if you've ever tried writing songs you know that's ridiculous like that's that's what you call in the pocket (laughs) um yeah that's it's yeah it's crazy uh (laughs) <laughs> I thought he was going to do something because obviously 2020 experience is 2020 this year I thought he was going to do something and he still might um like a like a re-release of something I don't know how you do it or what you do but because it's 2020 I thought he'd do something but now he's probably having <laughs> second thoughts like Uh, eh, I think I'll just <laughs> ignore the fact that my <laughs> my album's called 2020 because this you know 2020 has not been the the kindest to us so yeah that's my number 10 uh it's Justin Timberlake so that's there might be one more curveball but I think that's probably the biggest curveball that you wouldn't expect to be in too many people's top 10 um but yeah again none of his like songs are in my (laughs) top 10 favorite songs or anything it's just his whole body of work is and just the fact he can sing live the fact he can dance um the collabs he does it's you know he's a freak so number 10 Justin Timberlake moving on to number nine is and this was a hard one because I (laughs) it's this guy wouldn't be in my top 10 best musicians ever uh and half the reason it's because he makes it look so effortless and it's kind of like anyone can do that so uh you wouldn't you wouldn't think of him as being in the top 10 of anything because it's 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 Jack Johnson and it's not until you start playing a lot of his stuff and a lot of his sort of um and, and and I mean playing it um on guitar and and you know performing it but also listening to it It's not until you start playing that and listening to some of the the lesser-known stuff that you're like, oh, man, he's a freak. Like, he's, he's so talented. And I think he... So many people sort of based themselves off him and copied him that he became the normal. And so it was like, oh, Jack Johnson's just Jack Johnson. But, I don't know, you'll get... the 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 amount of hits and the amount of awesome songs he's written that are literally just singer songwriter you know acoustic type stuff it's insane you know you'll get people that will only ever get one of them like if you think of a um what's that guy's name jason mraz you know i'm yours And I think he had one other one with, um, you know, uh, I can't remember the name, Lucky, maybe. Uh, What's another one? Like Matt, is it Matt Kearney? You know, those sorts of guys from the early 2000s that you're like, they've got a couple of, uh, they got a couple on the radio. They got a (laughs) a couple of, I don't want to call them one hit wonders because, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like Jack Johnson, I think most people could name 10 Jack Johnson songs. And if not, I think if you played them ten Jack Johnson songs, they'd be like, Oh no shit, these are all from Jack Johnson. You know what I mean? They know all of them. So not that I'm defending Jack Johnson, it's but it's an interesting one. Because again, he's not he's not um and I think actually the more I think about it now, it goes it says so much about his songwriting the fact that he's not a freak on guitar and he's not a freak vocally. He's a very good singer, but he's not like an Adam Lambert or a or a, uh, even like a, I don't want to give it away later, but <laughs> some people later on. Uh, his songs are just so good. So if you haven't, I'd implore you to go and listen to my favorite album of his is Sleep Through the Static now Jack you've stitched me up because we've talked about the lisp and uh now I'm thinking about it and I have to say sleep through the (laughs) sleep through the static yeah anyway um that album is it's like it's him but he's a wee bit angry he's a bit pissed off and it's I prefer it to the wow it's two different things. It, like I said, it is my favorite album, but everyone sort of knows Flake and Better Together and uh, uh, Upside Down and stuff. <laughs> all the stuff I play at pubs because everyone likes them. But um, you know his some of his darker albums. So his most recent one, which is Fuck, what's it called? Sunsets for Somebody Else, or is that the top track, the first track? Let me look it up real quick. All the light above. God, yeah, all the light above it too that's his most recent album which is awesome as well uh and then yeah um uh sleep through the static <laughs> they're my two favorite albums of his uh with the most common being in between dreams which is you know banana pancakes better together all that good stuff which is great stuff um but yeah he's he's one of those ones where you dig into dig into his stuff from um uh, like uh, not b-sides but you know just album tracks that aren't on the radio and they're 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 very 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 good and it's not until you start trying to play them that you're like oh man his vocal range is actually pretty <laughs> it's pretty big like he can he's got a it's just that he makes it look so effortless that you you kind of feel like anyone can do it or you yeah look at it you're like oh yeah I can definitely I've I've done it so much where a Jack Johnson song will come on sh- uh, shuffle I'll be like oh this would be perfect like I can cover this this will be just a nice like middle of the set filler it's a good you know good nice easy sort of strum pattern the melody's nice get home and start learning it and I'm like this is a friggin' monster of a song like the range is huge and I don't know when he breathes and so yeah, it's just the fact he makes it look so easy is, is why people, I think, sort of uh, play him down. and Like, oh, you know, it's just Jack Johnson or whatever. But no, he's a very talented human. But those two albums, go and, go and listen to them. And again, just front to back, listen to the whole thing, have it on. And there are, there's some absolute gems on there. One more little note on him, I guess his first album is and I keep forgetting the names of the albums now that I have to remember it, Uh, Bushfire Fairy Tales, I think, yeah. He, uh, it's, I feel like he was more a guitar player and was kind of nervous about singing. That's what it feels to me, uh, that's what it feels like to me when I listen to it because some of those guitar parts are, like, they're real fiddly and they're, like, they're, Well thought out guitar parts and uh, the vocal lines, especially on the recording. I wonder if I can play. I guess I'm just not sure if SoundCloud and the host and the things have an algorithm or someone has to actually report it. But I'm sure if I play like a little, I think this, let's try this. Uh, Is it going to play? This is called F Stop Blues, and this is not the one I was thinking of. Still nice though, right? But if we go... I think me talking over it will probably help. Is it an audible melodies? There's a song I started learning. Yeah, this. Niggly. Crazy, like, sus chords and stuff. Ugh. Right, so that's his first album. And it, uh well so that that wasn't his whole first album that was some of it <laughs> and uh I feel like it was a, a yeah he cared more about the guitar and then his vocals were quite um reserved and then it, the next album it sort of flipped which was you know now he plays really basic guitar parts um, in comparison to his first album and uh and sings a lot more sort of boldly and difficult stuff so yeah Jack Johnson is not one to be slept on he's a he's a freak as well so let's leave that for him because otherwise I could and again I'm not going to talk about each one for that long probably I just feel like he's one that needs a bit more credit than what he he potentially gets so yeah that's number nine Jack Johnson those two albums you probably haven't listened to them go and listen to them and uh that was sunsets uh no all the light above it too and uh sleeps is static. uh cool all right number 8 this is a not a complete 180 but very different ah oh, actually quick side note again is that their oh, it's not really a spoiler i was kind of like again like i said it's the whole it needs to be the artist sort of most of their catalog the whole not just a few songs and I was like man there's like no hip-hop or rap artists in my in my top 10 but yeah that like I said there's none that I apart from Eminem I've listened to lots of his stuff but he's I don't like him better than these top 10 so he didn't get in but some of my favorite songs are in uh hip-hop songs are in my top 10 and that I think there's maybe one or two hip-hop albums in my favourite two albums, you know, so it's this weird thing where, (laughs) but the artists as a whole, they sort of miss out, so anyway, I was kind of like, yeah. But if I had to pick a top uh, hip-hop artist, I'd say Lupe Fiasco would be my favourite, The Cool is a ridiculous album, and Eminem as well, obviously, just absolute nutter. Uh, Who else? I like J. Cole, I like, um, who else, thinking Nas. Anyway, maybe I'll do a top 10 hip-hop albums later, or hip-hop artists, but I was kind of like, man, why isn't there any? But yeah, that's because I like these 10 better. That's why. Okay, number eight is Muse. Uh, Matt Bellamy, I think, is potentially he's in the bid for one of the top spots for best musicians on the planet right now and potentially of all time he is i feel like he's got some sort of disorder where he's he's so smart that he's a bit weird he he the stuff he's done and innovative too he like their first couple of albums were well, their first album was really, really raw showbiz. You know, it was quite... Um, I don't know, a really big and powerful... Oh, fuck, all their albums are big and powerful, aren't they? Massive sound, Muse. Like, it's just... How do you get a sound that big? But the there's so many elements that make Muse so good because the sound, just like this wall of sound type thing where you get... I don't even know how you describe it, it's just fucking massive, but it's not muddy, it's not, um, you know, it's not blending all into one big mess, it's just massive sound, but all, you know, it's all nice and cohesive, not cohesive, but it's, um, you can pick apart the different different sounds, you know what I mean, Uh, but then the, again, the songwriting, it's this massive, massive sound, but with amazing songs. You, if you can play a song uh, on an acoustic guitar and it still sound like a good song then you know it's a good song and a lot of Muses stuff you can do that because the, the hooks and the melodies are they're so good that you don't actually need the massive sound to make it work they just also have that so I mean they're not really like anything else and you could probably say you know you can obviously comp- you can always compare someone to someone but i don't think before muse there was anything uh at, nothing like them that got as big as they got i first got introduced to them in at high school uh and i got shown their their li- <laughs> again back to the live album thing they got shown harp which is um yeah their live album from wembley and Knights of Cydonia, yeah, Knights of Cydonia. It was just that—I don't know what you call it—not like a drop. Just that break, that riff, that breakout riff. The you know the galloping sort of absolute. I'd never heard anything like it. You know, I had already been listening to lots of different rock and obviously the stuff Dad played, and just something so simple but so um, they just doubled down on it and it, it, you know, it just phenomenal then you go home and a mate of mine gave me the the cd but it was to take home but it had a dvd with it too i was like whoa this is fucking awesome go home and put the dvd in and then you see it uh the wembley concert and it just levels up again yes holy shit this is absolutely outrageous and he has uh at that album i'd never seen it before and i don't think anyone had done it before him or and i haven't seen it since but he's got what's called a chaos pad and he's put it on his guitar now a chaos pad is like it's like a little touch screen square and it would normally be like in a dj set like it's normally quite a big piece of equipment so you couldn't normally put one on a guitar i don't know if he got one specially made or what but it's kind of like a, yeah, like I said, a touch screen almost, and it, you wiggle your finger around on it, and it will do different things depending on what you set it to do. But it's not, it doesn't have buttons, it doesn't have, um, yeah, any any physical, it's a screen. And, you, and anyway, he attached one to his guitar and would sort of slide his pick around. If you go and listen to Supermassive Black Hole, uh, the song, not the wait is there an album called that no oh god doing a podcast makes you remember uh, uh <laughs> the opposite of remember um no not supermassive black hole black holes and revelations is the album yeah so if you're going to listen to supermassive black hole the song live from uh, wembley uh, and you hear the uh actually let's try and find it that'll be fun let's go uh where's harp Super massive black hole all right let's turn it down just in case it's really loud um, i mean massive sound i'm probably gonna get this banned right let's find the sorry i oh, know this is sorry where's the bit i think it's here come on bro is this it? Yeah, this. I mean Nothing. Anyway, I'm gonna stop it. Unbelievable. So that that sound and that's in two thousand and eight, you know, and mixing a band a band sound, because they're a three piece, which is a drummer, bass player, and a guitarist. And the guitarist is a singer Matt Bellamy, and I think they had an extra keyboard player at that gig. But for four, maybe an extra. At the max, they had five people on stage, and the sound is just fucking it's ridiculous. And anyway, so that that chaos pad that that you just heard—that's mixing that with like a stereotypical rock band, let's say, setting. is, I hadn't seen it done, I. Yeah, I don't know if people have done it heaps um so yeah that's the beauty of Matt Bellamy super innovative and yeah his songwriting is massive his pipes like his singing voice is phenomenal he's uh, sad to say I haven't seen them live yet I uh, I think they came and I there was something else maybe a surf comp or something which you know you train and plan all year for so it's not like i regret it but i still want to see them um but yeah his his live voice you know his pipes are absolutely ridiculous his songwriting on one album he's written like a three like a a, a, i don't know how many piece but a huge big symphony uh it's over three tracks but it's it's immense like it's this huge big thing um yeah I mean I could go on and on I, sometimes I think he he skirts the line between uh really cool out there sort of lyrics and song themes and and sometimes a bit dorky if that like harp for example the name of that live album, Harp is something to do with like a space or a um, a program in the states, and there. I mean, I'm obviously butchering. It, I don't know heaps about it, but it's it's something to do with like uh, um, some maybe extraterrestrial, or like some technology. You know what? Let's Google it while we're here. I feel like we're going to be here a while, guys. I feel like we this might take a while, a long time. What is harp? High fr- oh, Okay, high frequency active Ori or oh Jesus, aura. Fuck, what is that word? Auroral or, or or I promise you guys I can read. I, I can, <laughs> I can. Anyway, something <laughs> fucking. Or, I'm gonna have to. Anyway, whatever. Auroral, I think it's auroral. Yeah, that makes sense. I, God, you're like, is Ryan having an aneurysm right now. high frequency active auroral research program so you get the you get the idea it's like that sort of stuff you know he talks about space supermassive black holes like there's an album called drones actually let's look at what all the albums are called uh absolution yeah you've got songs that like hysteria butterflies and hurricanes stockholm syndrome you know massive like quite uh bold bold um titles what else Uh, obviously supermassive black hole drones um uh, micro cuts is the name of the song you know um yeah anyway you get the point he's he's pretty out there uh which is which is cool the last the latest album simulation theory is pretty good there's a couple of quite naff, naff things on there, but, you know, you're going to get that when you, (laughs) when you sort of skirt the line between, well, not skirt the line, when you sort of dabble in those themes, anyway, I'm obviously a massive Muse fan, haven't listened to them heaps lately, but I think this podcast is probably going to make me cycle back and listen to a few of these, few of these things more often. I feel these acts, acts, you know, bands, musicians, okay, let's, let's leave it there for Muse, uh, albums to go and listen to, my favourite, um, well, I mean, harp is awesome, the live album, that's obviously music from multiple different albums, I like, uh, man, what album would I say I like the most, i do like the resistance which is probably quite a (laughs) which is probably quite a um controversial as far as muse fans will go they'll be like the resistance i do quite like it i like uh i do like the second law the most popular ones are probably their three earliest albums which are um showbiz origin of symmetry and absolution um Maybe their top, maybe their first four, which is also um, Black Holes and Revelations too. So, I mean, fuck, they like I said, their whole their whole catalog's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's Muse, that's number eight. How far in are we time wise? I gotta get a we timestamp up here. Oh wow, team, we're gonna be in for a long one. This might has to be a multi-parter. Nah, fuck it, we can go through. I'll do the next I'll do the next couple actually the next one I'll do much quicker because not too many people are gonna be interested in this one and it is a metal band. Uh like by metal I mean real heavy. Well, if you're into metal they're not that heavy. But if you don't listen to metal and I put them on, you'd be like, That's just noise Which is quite an interesting I think it's an interesting perception of of music, you know, like if you get into metal, you listen to these guys. Like, oh, yeah, that just sounds like groovy and sort of yeah, musical and normal. But to people, you, uh, I think anytime people hear screaming, they're like, oh, "Fucking!" Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I get it, I get it. But number seven, my favorite bands of all time or acts of all time are Lamb of God. Uh, and it, I mean. <laughs> It could have been Pantera and it probably should have been Pantera because they definitely paved the way somewhat for some of these newer metal bands. But I think Lamb of God, they're a bit less, uh, well, they're a bit more, how do I say it? Do I say less human? Like the lead singer of uh, Pantera, Phil Anselmo, and what else? And I always forget how to say his name. Phil Anselmo. How I think it's Anselmo. He uh, he's super, obviously, <laughs> Southern in America. So is lame of god, I guess. But he's more raw, like more brutal, more um, yeah whereas lamb of god are less human in the sense that when randy the the randy of course his fucking name's randy the lead singer when he when he's screaming literally singing it's like it sounds it doesn't sound like a human screaming if that makes sense he's it's it's quite effortless and it's quite uh it's not like abrasive if that like it's yeah it's i sounds funny to say but it's quite it's more it's almost smoother to listen to like it sounds effortless and it sounds it's got this quality to it so and their riffs are they're what you'd call groove metal or um i would i'd describe them as that so they're really really musical like their their riffs and their their hooks and stuff are real beat orientated and groove orientated so they're my favorite training training um music ever so that's why they're in there i've listened to so much lamb of god just from doing hard sessions that i can't like i would not listen to them not training really uh, unless i was trying to fizz up for something like a race or yeah, literally a race probably <laughs> um, or a hard session that's the only time i'd listen to them um because otherwise it's they're just so su- it's such yeah they're so energetic well they get me so energetic and uh and and fired up because it's just yeah they're just so good I just don't I think some people that listen to music because I care about music so much I think some people that listen to metal for training purposes I think they don't care as much about the quality of music as much as the uh I guess the intensity or the yeah I'd say intensity. Lamb of God are pretty intense, but there's some other metal bands out there that are just noise. It sounds like to me. Uh, whereas Lamb of God are so musical that it kind of it hits you know hits two spots with me. Like the the music is quality and the intensity and the you know the rawness is still there, so it works for training too. So, Lamb of God. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you're into sort of hard rock like if you listen to uh man what would be if you like metallica right if you like metallica and you like some of their earlier stuff like you know that sort of ride the lightning uh for whom the bell top that sort of stuff there might be some lamb of god that you would you could get into and it definitely takes some listens to get used to it i'm not there's no way it's just a you put it on and you like it straight away. Musically, I think, like, definitely, if you took out the vocals, most people that like rock would be like, this is fucking awesome. It's just getting used to those vocals, but it's, it's like anything. Once you get used to it and you like it, you prefer it, rather than almost like singing over rock, you know, so. Um, listen to the best album to... Well, I'll give you a couple of songs rather than albums, because I would say um, <laughs> for the one person that's going to try and get into, I would say <laughs> probably one of the 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 more um, heavier song titles they have is probably the least heavy song they have. It's called "Walk with Me in Hell," <laughs> and it's it sounds all angry and but it's not that um let's let's play the intro there's not even I won't even get to the screaming bit but you'll get the point so it's uh uh, it sounds like dog shit because my anyway because my computer's I think I don't I think that is from a an old mp3 I have anyway that song and that album is like it's probably the bridge for a lot of people between rock and metal so and then you go on to much, much heavier stuff of theirs. So I'd say listen to that song, Walk With Me And how I would say, let's do two more. Um, uh, where's the album I'm looking for? Oh, I haven't got it on here. Shocking. Um, it is called, not As The Palace Is Burnt, it is called, uh, not New America. Goodness me oh that's right it's one out al- that why do bands do this right so they'll have all their stuff on uh on a on, on all the streaming services except one album for some reason they're like no nah, we don't have that one on there there was some rights issues or whatever the fuck it's like why put six albums on but not your seventh it makes no sense to me and just one random album too anyway go and listen to walk with man how uh I'm just trying to think, I'm not going to get it, sorry, I won't even, I won't bother, but yeah, (laughs) if you want to know other songs, just hit me up, and I'll, uh... I kind of got introduced to them through, mates of mine at school were big metalheads, and I kind of got forced into listening to it in the music room, Uh, and at first, you know, of course, I was like, this is fucking crazy, like what, and then the more you listen to it, you're like, oh, that bit was sick, I liked that, and you go, oh, that was cool and then you just, you grow in appreciation, you know, so, number seven, Lamb of God, right, taking a 180, we're going number, yep, number six, Pink Floyd, uh, I mean, this one could probably be very short explanation, because it's fucking Pink Floyd, you know, Uh, that's kind of all you have to say, (laughs) number six, Pink Floyd, right, number five, (laughs) uh, Pink Floyd for me, my favourite guitar solo ever is David Gilmore, um is well, yeah, his solo and Comfortably Numb um, from the Pulse album it's just it's, it's it's one of those songs and this seems like an exaggeration but it's actually how I am it's if you listen to that song and you really like put through, you know through good quality speakers or, or headphones or whatever and you're just uh, what would you call it you know undistracted listening fully focusing on it if you listen to that song all the way through you can't listen to anything else afterwards there's nothing you can't you you can't put on anything you've got to walk away from music for like an hour or so until you come back because it's too good you nothing that goes it's not fair to anything that goes on after it you could put on any of my you know there's five bands that I like more because you know Pink Floyd's number six there's five more there's nothing in any of those five that I could put on afterwards be like that it's and it's not even my favorite song I just mean the piece of music is so powerful and the solo is so good and they build it up so much and you you can't play anything after it um my favorite, My favorite album of theirs is because uh, Pulse is obviously a live album. I like the Division Bell, and it's their newer stuff. Uh, I think well, yeah. Roger Waters has had Roger Waters had already left. Um, I mean, Dark Side of the Moon's Dark Side of the Moon, of course. But I don't know I like the Division Bell. I'm a massive David Gilmore fan. He's uh, he's what makes it for me, uh, as opposed to. Like I should have gone and seen Roger Waters when he came to Dunedin. I didn't go because I just, as a guitar player, I would have felt like I was missing David Gilmore too much. So, you know, and David Gilmore obviously had a big part in writing a lot of the, a lot of the Division bells. So, oh no, Roger. Wa- uh God, I don't even know when Roger Waters left. I'm shocking. Maybe they shouldn't be in my top ten because I don't know. He anyway. You know what I mean. Um. So yeah the division bell go listen to that album and pulse live is is awesome too so uh yeah i mean it's pink floyd how much do you want me to talk about pink floyd everyone everyone knows pink floyd (laughs) even the 20 year old girls who are wearing the t-shirt maybe they've listened to one song that's a thing isn't it like the band t-shirt trend at the moment whereas you know it's like a cool thing i guess it's kind of cool like i'm not one of these like or do you even listen to them, like, I feel like I wouldn't wear a band t-shirt that I don't listen to, but, yeah, I don't know, if you see someone wearing a Doors t-shirt, you're like, "Eh, probably don't, (laughs) probably don't listen to the Doors, but it's alright, anyway, let's not become a ranty old man in this podcast, uh, number six, Pink Floyd, number five is Guns N' Roses, uh, And Guns N' Roses is one, I think, similar to Jack Johnson in that because they make what they do look so easy and what songs of theirs became popular, you kind of downplay it. Like a lot of people just think, oh, you know, like Guns N' Roses, like ultimate bogan music. If you listen to Use Your Illusion, which is, again, a double album, there's Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, some of the musical... Uh, elements in that album are just mind-blowing like Axel Rose is a genius and there's no two ways about it he's definitely an asshole, definitely but how do you not get an ego that big when you're literally the biggest band in the world for a few years Yeah, you know, from 1989 probably 88 89 when did appetite for destruction come out was that that was 87 I think let's google that while we're here, Appetite, just come up, (laughs) that's where Siri would be good, Appetite for Destruction, when did it come out, it was out in 87, yeah, so, I mean, probably from 88 to 91, maybe even, they they were the biggest band on the planet, like, they toured for two years straight, Uh, one book that is awesome to read is uh is an awesome read is Slash's um autobiography he's uh, very similar to Anthony Kiedis's Scar Tissue but yeah uh, I don't know what Slash's one's called maybe just Slash but yeah he goes on and talks about the insides of the touring and whatnot but I mean their first album as far as as far as first albums go that might be the best first album ever um i can't think of any other band that has had a first album that is as good as guns and roses first the guns and roses first album they ever created is in you know a lot of people's top 10 albums like rock stations and you know um like the billboard sort of things you know what i mean immense immense achievement for um, and Slash's book goes on to, it goes into how they how they achieve that, and so it's craziness. But uh, their second album is my favorite. The use your illusion. It's one with November rain and stuff. But my favorite song of all time is I can't stop saying of all time. You know, such a grand thing, isn't it? Like I, it's like the Aussies when uh, with the NRL, like the grand final. So, <laughs> so it's such a lot yeah but anyway my favorite song is a song called estranged off uh use your illusion and it's it's kind of i describe it to people it's kind of like november rain but better it's the guitar part is just ridiculous like it's obviously slash does these just bluesy uh but powerful not basic but not real shreddy either I guess they are kind of basic but they're tasty you know so it makes it not boring if that makes sense so yeah I mean the, the the guitar part in estranged is unreal the solo there's two solos they're great but Axel's vocal the melody and his vocals even the way he sings it it's unbelievable like it's just such a good song it's nine minutes long and it's like a it's it's you could almost kind of uh, say it's like a a progressive rock song, like a uh, a band that's a called prog rock, is uh yeah that that's when like there's like fifteen minute songs and the songs go through like heaps of different changes and it's almost like ten songs in one or whatever. That's kind of what this song's like. It's a bit more cohesive than a um in a than a like a Dream Theater song or something if you know what that is, but. Estranged. strange, so I definitely recommend going to listen to that. But just the whole album, you know, you've got Don't Cry, um, obviously November Rain. Another one that no one really listens to is a song called The Garden and it's on Use Your Illusion and it is, it's phenomenal. It's one of those songs that makes you think something, you know how you can listen to some songs and it's just music in the background and it doesn't really, uh, make you think of anything specific but when this song comes on it makes you think or it makes me think the same thing every time like uh, the same sort of scenario pops up in your head every time the song comes on so the song's got its own uh how do I say it like it, it induces the same thought every time if that makes sense not sure I described that very well but great song go listen to it uh there's a song called coma which is awesome it's again it's like another 10 minute mammoth but it's a a bit not a b-side but it's an album track that people don't really know uh and yeah it's it's yeah so guns and roses i think let's let's leave it there with them but i mean they're two. Uh, yeah <laughs> they kind of fell apart of course and if you read Slash's book which i do recommend you can probably get it on audiobook you can it's kind of like a semi like a podcast um uh i definitely recommend but they it goes into the whole destruction sorry for the pun um <laughs> process with guns and noses they put an album out called the spaghetti incident and it's really not good uh and i think the only song i've even know of that is uh sympathy for the devil which is a um oh my god rolling jesus rolling Stones song and they do a real good cover but apart from that it's pretty rubbish and then they obviously break up and then oh wait they do chinese democracy but it's just slash um with a whole new band pretty much but he got the rights to guns and roses so he called himself guns and roses it's a good album man guns uh um uh chinese democracy has got some great songs uh i really like uh a song called better a song called oh no oh yeah better is all right but street of dreams is a good song uh a song called catcher in the rye and a song called this i love they're really good songs um but i think everyone sort of wrote that album off because you know slash and duff and and uh and well the whole band really they weren't they weren't there so everyone no one really wanted to listen to it because everyone wanted to hate Axel, but it's actually a pretty good album uh but yeah obviously the first two of the best so if you haven't go and listen to some of those songs that uh I mentioned Coma, The Garden, Estranged um yeah because obviously <laughs> that and that's the problem is you know Sweet Child of Mine you know Welcome to the Jungle and that's what you think Guns N Roses is. and of course they are Guns N' Roses songs but like Jack Johnson there's there's sort of more to it so that's Guns N' Roses uh they were at number five we're into the territory where there was no uh there was absolutely no uh what do you call it (laughs) deliberation (laughs) deliberation with myself but there was no guesswork there was no it's easy it was easy to be like yep these are my top four um top three was super easy and then but yeah number four also pretty easy and it is dire straights uh yeah i I, kind of uh, uh, wow i mean stumbling around aren't i sorry why why are you listening (laughs) hopefully you've got that setting on your uh on your your podcast app that fills in silence (laughs) you know how it shortens it anyway Dire Straits to me is they got kind of famous for the wrong not for the wrong thing but they did quite sort of poppy upbeat sort of 80s um, you know synthy type stuff which is obviously fine because that's potentially how they got they got big or, or stayed big or stayed relevant or whatever but you know obviously some of their other more musical stuff is where where the beauty is uh and I say dire straits but what I mean is kind of Mark Knopfler uh who's the lead singer and lead guitarist and he he's kind of like a lot of people love Eric Clapton which is so they should Eric Clapton's a fucking genius and he's he's a great musician one of the you know greatest guitarist of all time but I think Mark Knopfler he's from the same era and <laughs> sorry that's going to be a weird break for you there it's going to be like I just completely ch- I just paused it and I had to go and check I thought someone was playing real loud music somewhere and so I went, <laughs> I went and checked and it was the ice cream truck <laughs> I was like are the neighbors playing music is that what's going on I don't even know if you could hear it, but the ice cream truck was going past, so that's going to be a weird wee bit, because obviously the pause just goes straight back into me talking, anyway, sorry, god, I thought I better explain that though, I thought it was quite funny, it's like, what is that noise, it's the ice cream truck, hey ice cream man, it's fucking three degrees bro, it's June, it's June the 7th, stop it, anyway, the ice cream man um <laughs> fucking ruining my podcast bro uh yeah Mark Knopfler is I I like him better than Clapton and I only compare the two because they are both from England and they're the same era and they're great mates so but that's you know it's kind of like a um kind of like a biggie Tupac thing like a you know a <laughs> MJ LeBron if you will uh so I like Knopfler I think he plays a lot more tastefully, he plays less guitar if that makes sense. He he says more and less, or he plays nicer phrases. He I like his tone better. He's um, he uses it's like quite a thicker tone. Um, I don't know, he's he's phenomenal. His uh, obviously, the out al- my favorite album is Brothers in Arms, and the song Brothers in Arms is one of the you know, most moving pieces of music there is, Uh, and there's this one live version, which is just, uh, let's try and find it a Maui thing, because it's absolutely, you know, uh, where are we, it is, it'll be on your streaming service, it is, is this the right one, Brothers Arms, yeah, it is On The Night, so the live album's called On The Night, Uh, yeah, and there's some some it's a great live album you know it's got calling elvis so walk of life is one of the <laughs> is one of the sort of synthy poppy songs i was talking about and it's a great track you know but it's uh it's not powerful like you know like brothers in arms or um you know something like that uh what was i gonna say sultan's a swing that's not, i thought that was gonna be on the album too Imagine so that's obviously the most popular song. Sorry, I was just looking, and imagine going to see Die Straits and they didn't play "Sultans of Swing." That's quite uh, maybe they did play it. They just didn't put it on the on the live album. But that would be really odd, right? That would be yeah. I'd find that because obviously "Sultans of Swing's a fantastic song with a great solo, and and that's cool. But uh, yeah, "Brothers in Arms" the album and the song is is uh, next level. I love Your Latest Trick as well. The saxophone is unbelievable on that. Uh, and what is the song, Not Your Latest Trick, for some reason, Brothers in Arms album isn't even coming up on my on my iTunes and now I can't... Oh, Waiwari. The song's called Waiwari. I really recommend going and listen to that song. It's a real mellow... Um, yeah real mellow song but it's like this three-piece guitar part like it's just super chill um yeah really nice song so Dire Straits they're at number four Mark Knopfler he's you know one of my favorite guitarists favorite songwriters he's one of those guys that I yeah I don't know it's one of those ones where he makes it look so easy that you're like anyone can do that and then you learn some of his stuff or try and write like him or something and it's it's you're like oh I get it he's actually a he's a genius it's uh yeah some people make it look hard and it is hard I think like Matt Bellamy you know Matthew Bellamy with Muse you're like it looks complicated and it looks hard and it is but you know Jack Johnson um again back to him and uh you know Mark Knopfler it's like it looks easy but it's actually quite there's quite a lot to it compared to what it looks like um so yeah that's number four dire straits. i never know how to get in and out of these i'm like do i can i just stop talking about them now <laughs> you'd think after i think we're an hour in i think you would think that i uh would be better at it but there's three to go my top three i think most people if you put a gun to my head uh, a gun to your head and said what are ryan's top two or at least top three oh sorry at least top two but maybe top three um, you know, artists of all time, you'd probably get it. Uh, number three, and they were really my first. Let's uh, say first love. Very, uh, yeah. They were my first favorite band. Let's say <laughs> they were the first band I was absolutely obsessed with. You know, uh, and it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They. It's really, it's really odd to me because. They're a four-piece band, and uh, when I say the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I mean specifically the the lineup with John Frusciante. So um, Chad on drums, John Frusciante playing guitar. He's you know one of my favorite guitarists. Probably I'm not gonna say a top. There's so many top fives. I gotta stop doing these. Are my top three, top five, top ten. <laughs> he's phenomenal, and he's so he's so like himself too, which is a dumb thing to say, but. I think if you get like a, um, I don't know, what's uh yeah, people take influence and he obviously did too, but he's, I can't point to anyone who you're like, oh, that sounds like John Frusciante. It's like only he sounds like that. Um, so I like the lineup with John Frusciante, obviously. Uh, Flea on bass and Anthony singing is the, the, the golden lineup and they're back together. So I went and saw them last year, the year before. I can't remember, no, 2018 I saw them, and, uh, was it, fuck, when was it, no, early 2019, who cares, anyway, uh, and it was Josh on guitar, who's, um, I don't know how you say his last name, like, King Loffer or whatever the fuck, I've only seen it written down, never really (laughs) heard anyone say it, Uh, he was awesome as well, he's even more out there than John Frusciante, he kind of plays, not Sort of my style of guitar. It's almost using it, um, less like a guitar and more like kind of a a soundscapey sort of instrument, I suppose. But, uh, it was awesome. I mean, it's the first time I'd seen them live, the only time I'd seen them live. And, uh, it was, it actually exceeded expectations because I knew it was Josh and not, uh, Freshante. And so I was kind of, I had low expectations. I was like, you know what? I'll go and see them just to so say I've seen them, and it was it was ridiculously good. So it, the sound was amazing, Fla- like the energy of those guys is phenomenal. And again, my favourite book, kind of like Slash's book, but, but I'd say better is Anthony Kiedis's book, Scar Tissue. If you haven't read it, it is a must-read. It's not even like there's not a person that wouldn't enjoy it. it it's 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 a yeah it's unreal it's like it's actually unbelievable you're reading it you're like how how sort of thing how can i live the life i've lived and yet some people's life is like this um yeah it's definitely an insight into a a nutty life uh but yeah the chilies uh their favorite album of mine their favorite album of mine (laughs) Yeah, so the Red Hot Chili Peppers really like uh, my album. No, their my favorite album of theirs is uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It is you might know it as the album with Under the Bridge on it and Give It Away, but the whole album is just outrageous. The guitar playing, the 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 songwriting's so odd because it's it's one of those albums where. I'm just like, how do you how do you actually do that? How do you make that? I just don't understand. Like with Jack Johnson's stuff, again, back to him, he's such a good reference. Thanks, Jack. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I see how you could do that. It's super well done and it's super classy and it's super, um, again, makes it look easy, but it's not. But I still get how he did it. There's a verse and a chorus and there's guitar partner hook and and XYZ. I'm like, I could do that but a lot worse. But with the chili like the chilies, it's like I don't I don't know how only they can do that sort of thing. Um and that album's the best example of that. And then my next favorite album of theirs is Stadium Arcadium, so um probably because they're both the most guitar centric albums. Um well, what else I think yeah I mean everyone likes Californication obviously it's a great album and by the way I think they went through a phase there where John Fushante had gone because of huge drug problems if you I mean I almost don't want to make you do it but if you search John Fushante (laughs) good luck spelling it but if you search (laughs) John Fushante uh maybe right heroin I don't know or drugs or something on YouTube there's this video of him where they go you know what, fuck it, we're doing it, The Creed, we're going to do it, it's a crazy, I'm only going to play a little bit of it, but uh, it's him in this house, and they he he's quit the band because, and I think this is in 92, 93, he quit because um, the fame was just too much for him, and he didn't want to be famous, he wanted to be underground, oh my god, here it is. And uh, they go into his house, and it's it's a pretty fucking hard thing to watch. But so obviously he goes through that and comes back. So the I don't know if you know uh, the album with Dave Navarro. It's called oh, Fuck Me. What is it called? It's what with Aeroplane and uh, and 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 my friends. What's the album called? This is shocking of me. I mean, it's not their greatest work because kind of a weird. Dave Navarro was kind of a weird person to get into the Chili's. He's like a real, uh, a real rock sort of guitarist, you know. Rather than anyway, I can't remember what it's called. You'll be probably screaming it at me, but I'm doing a podcast, so my mind's blank. Um, so anyway, John quit the band because he was too. I don't know. He was you know pretty out there and he got massive into heroin so we're going to have a quick listen to what he was sort of saying uh, here we go this is his music how have you been uh good slipped into a dimension there what slipped into another dimension there <laughs> turned into an interviewer so He's sitting there and they ask him how he's been and he kind of stares at the wall. (laughs) He's slipped into another dimension there. Absolute nutter. Um, Well, I mean, yeah, but it's fucking crazy. Imagine being that rich and famous from being in the actual Red Hot Chili Peppers and then being a heroin addict. You've got all the money in the world for heroin. And so you can just literally be at home, write crazy music like you kind of got a glimpse at And just get heroin delivered to you. That's pretty much what he was doing. Anyway, and then he came out of that, which is great. And then they sort of wrote, well, they, not sort of, they literally quite fully wrote uh, Californication. And by the way, but yeah, I love the albums, but they're definitely, uh, do you say more commercial or more, they don't seem as Red Hot Chili Peppers as, sort of blood sugar sex magic and even Stadium Arcadium. so that's my little take on that that's enough on the chillies you'll know and love the chillies uh go and listen to blood sugar sex magic in its entirety also go and listen to their first album it's fucking hilarious uh it's pretty it's nothing else if, pa- if not passionate it's yeah musically ah <laughs> 1984 just some nutty kids doing some crate, but yeah go and listen to that for a laugh but blood sugar sex magic is the it's my favorite album you know it's the number one album for me if I would desert island album you could you could say uh right the next two are no surprise if you're still listening by the way thanks for coming along for this this ride I didn't think and this is also me kind of rushing it a little bit I could probably have talked for this long about each one but let's not do that obviously uh the next two uh you but you know what they are you don't know what order they're going to be in though uh (laughs) and I'll explain the reason they're in the order they're in because um because I will number two and might be a surprise but number two is John Mayer uh and the reason no, I'll say the reason later. John Mayer is a surprising one for me. Not as surprising that he's in my top ten or, you know, number two, but I took way too long to get into John Mayer because I was one of those stupid people that, because he wrote Your Bodies in Wonderland, such a blessing and a curse for him because it made him famous but then it made people think that that's what that's what you, that's what he did. You know, it's like, oh yeah, he wrote Your Bodies of Wonderland and then uh so you're like okay okay well that's must be what that guy does i thought he was a like a budget jack johnson i thought he was like one of those ones that i talked about at the start like a matt kearney or and these guys are all really good songwriters and good musicians as well but i mean Mayers, he's something else you know i thought <laughs> i got uh three or four songs on my on my uh itunes back in the day off a friend and it was gravity slow dancing in a burning room vultures alive and uh might have been only those three and that was cool i listened to vultures and i was like oh man john mayer's guitarist is really good like i wonder you know because most people you're like oh you would assume that the lead singer is is that's not he's playing rhythm and then the lead guitarist is doing lead guitar stuff you know and so I was like fuck John Mayer's guitarist is really good didn't think anything of it listened to Vultures every now and again for a, a few years and then I wanted to cover Crossroads or I wanted to learn how to play Crossroads and I typed it into YouTube to, to see different covers of it or whatever and I saw that Mayer had done it. He it's on one of his albums, but I saw it um from Live at Pink Pop and I clicked on it. and because I obviously with the, the iTunes I didn't see that he was fucking the one playing guitar. <laughs> like I thought I just thought he had a guitar you know, he had a guitarist and he was just singing. So I saw him playing singing and playing Crossroads. He rips this huge big solo in the middle of it and my tiny little ignorant mind was blown uh yeah i i felt (laughs) i didn't feel i felt frustrated that i'd been going all that time without because he's essentially exactly what i want in a musician it's if i could choose to be any sort of musician that's what i'd want to be like basically i'm not even jack johnson like singer-songwriter that just rips big solo (laughs) like that's exactly what he is he's a singer-songwriter that's also probably the best guitarist of his generation too so the fact I slept on him for so long was it made me mad um so yeah his version of Crossroads was what essentially introduced me to him well woke me up to him I guess you could say but yeah it's and again yeah I had uh um Like, one of those Now CDs back in, like, 2005, maybe? And it had, uh, you know, it had No Such Thing on it. Um, No, it would have been earlier. It would have been 2002. Yeah, because No Such Thing. And so, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a cool song, whatever. And then... So, what happened with Maya is that they... He released Bodies in Wonderland. That's fine. And then his first album is uh it's great but it's not hugely guitar like it. it's not hugely guitar centric there's not big solos or anything his next album has got heaps of uh quite bluesy tracks with with a couple of big solos and I think the song he thought was going to be uh his next big one is a song called come back to bed and it's a really good song uh but it's basic. It's literally a blues song, and it's got a big, huge solo. And I think he wanted to do that to, um, you know, break out of the "Your Body's a Wonderland" guy. But <laughs> they made him. They made him release "Daughters," which is essentially "Your Body is a Wonderland" stripped back. I guess you could say it's it's a real mellow song. Great song. Um, but it, it kind of solidified that I'm the guy that plays slow, acoustic songs. For, for ladies pretty much uh and so that set him off to a bad start not a bad start but a um it kind of boxed him in in a lot of people's minds you know and then but then he put out a anyway i'm not going to go through his whole thing but he he managed to break out of that by releasing a blues album and then continuum which is you know his his best work but it's got all sorts of crazy shit on there it's a great album it's the one with gravity and slow dancing and uh um he does a Hendrix cover on it and it's it's a great album um I think yeah I mean I'm not going to talk about John Mayer for it it's it's one of those where do I start kind of things his songwriting is it's ridiculous how good his songwriting is and it's not until you again it's not until you listen to the whole albums and you'll find songs that are just mid-album songs that are your favorite songs ever it's uh, the song called edge of desire uh, on probably his least I would say it's probably his uh, his first or second how do you say it (laughs) his worst or second worst received album but it's my favorite John Mayer song and it's it's this freakish song it's yeah so edge of desire um, but you might listen to another album and and find another mid album track and it's like your favorite your favorite song ever uh which is a you know a testament to how good it how good at songwriting is uh and as you go through the albums each album is so different his uh his first album now I won't go through each one but there's like bluesy rock uh a pop album you know the first two are pretty poppy with some blues he then went off the rails a wee bit or oh, had a media thing can't be bothered talking about it it's nowadays it would be it's well I talk about it a little bit it's he did an interview and said some things that are not even that bad I think if he said them nowadays they would be it wouldn't be as bad ironically as what it was back then He got absolutely reamed for it, went off the map for a couple of years, came back with like a country album that was kind of like a country blues pop (laughs) mix, uh, I would say, Um, pretty inspired by Bob Dylan, and uh, yeah, it's pretty Dylan-esque, and so that's called Born and Raised, and that's like completely different to Continuum, which is completely different to... um, his original album, which is Room for Squares, anyway, he he travels through all these different um, uh, genres, I guess you could say, Uh, I'm trying to get to a point where I want to suggest what to listen to, uh, and it's really hard, I'm gonna try and suggest songs, okay, I'm gonna pick, fuck, this is really hard, (laughs) oh man, Uh, okay, I'm going to try and pick five songs and then an album. Let's let's do that. Okay, and I'm not going to... Okay, I'm going to pick five songs and then one album, which I won't pick any of the original songs from. Okay, let's say I want you to go and listen to... uh, Right, I want you to listen to... Oh my God, this is fucking impossible. Uh, Listen to Come Back to Bed. Listen to... Edge of Desire Listen to Listen listen to New Light if you haven't. If you know New Light, then disregard that. But New Light is a just it's not even on an album, it's just a single, but it's unreal. Uh I want you to listen to uh Nah, let's not do that. Where's the other? Where's where I want you to listen to Queen of California, The Age of Worry? And I think that's five. Oh, I mean, yeah. The whole Born and Raised album is like a great listen to, like if you're driving, it's just a nice, like a whole listen through album. And each song is sort of better than the last. It's unreal. But what I was going to say album wise is, and probably my favorite album is, uh, my favorite album of his is called The Search for Everything. It's his most recent album. And it's kind of like a, you could almost say it's like a greatest hit of all his his different styles. Like it's, I'd say each album before that keeps quite a consistent sound and a consistent theme throughout. Whereas Search for Everything is, and I think I've said it before on the podcast because we talked about albums that you know, if you listen, you listen, but that's fine, Uh, (laughs) it's got so many different genres throughout it, and it's got the singy songwriting stuff, it's got bluesy stuff, it's got real guitar solo focused stuff, um, country, it's got a couple of real sort of country focused songs, so it's probably the nicest sounding album too, I think, maybe Continuum, but I know it sounds weird, but from a production standpoint, it sounds really nice to listen to, like it's it, it's all shiny and and it uh, yeah it just it feels really nice to listen to i know it's sort of weird but that's my recommendations if you haven't listened to any mayor, go and listen to that album basically just go to his thing and just click on anything and just listen to it and then and do that a bunch of random times because there's there's not really a bad song uh, there's a cup. there's this one called say that i think he did for a movie It's not that great um but as far as album tracks go there's no bad album tracks so if you go on an album hit play you're gonna get good stuff okay number one you all know what it is now that you know that John Mayer is number two it is Radiohead uh and the reason I put Radiohead at one and John Mayer at two is because John Mayer for my own musical um i don't want to say journey because that's real wanky but my own musical um playing like my own playing he's the most influential of anyone ever he's i basically copy what he does well i try my best to copy what he does and then it ends up what i'm doing because i want to you know sing and write songs but also play lots of guitar and that's what he does so i copy that and so he's the most influential but I kind of again like Jack Johnson. Oh, Jack! He's the best comparison. Jack's the MVP of this of this show. Uh, like I can I can understand how Mayer does it. Like I don't. There's some songs that you're like, how the fuck do you write that? And that's granted. But it still I get that it there was a chord progression to start. You know, there was a lyrical. a a lyrical idea or a a, you know just a theme and an idea for a song it sort of grew from there and it used guitar and I I understand that because I can kind of do it I'll never write a song that's as good as most of John Mayer's songs but I kind of get how he did it Radiohead I have no fucking idea how how those guys do what they do I have no idea how a song starts like how an idea starts how they it's alien their music is absolutely alien it's yeah it's i listen to john mayer more because he's it's easier to listen to it's it's radiohead you can't just have on in the background radiohead you've got to be listening to it and when you're listening to radiohead they're demanding your attention because it is absolute ludicrous how absolutely ludicrous how out there it is it's yeah I just don't understand how they do it so that's why they're at number one to me well one because they're my favorite band but John May and Radiohead are a tie except Radiohead sneaks the wind because of the absolute like the mystical factor uh Tom York who's the lead singer his voice is just something that doesn't make sense it's he uses his voice more as an instrument than as a singer if that makes sense like some songs you have no idea what he's really saying lyrically well lyrically as well they're so obscure that you kind of don't really know what he's saying anyway because it's so out there but there's a song they do called nude and his voice is barely he's barely a singer, and his voice is just an instrument, it's unbelievable, um, again, they've got, I think seven albums too, I think they both have seven albums, no, Radiohead must have more, Radiohead must have eight. Oh, I don't want to count them in my head because I'll be on the spot, I'm going to count them real quick, here we go, okay, uh, one, two, three, <laughs> you're just going to hear me counting, but I'm ahead for, uh, five, six, seven, yeah, eight, I think, fuck, okay, anyway, what I would recommend with Radiohead, if you're already a fan, then you already know, uh, but if you're not, and you, if you land on any random Radiohead song, like I suggested you to do with John Mayer, you're gonna be in trouble, because there's some stuff that is real tough to listen to when you're first getting into it you've got to wean yourself into these guys and the reason they're so good and the reason you end up loving them so much is because they're so different let me explain something real quick with how music works if you like a song instantly the first time you've ever heard it it's because it is super similar to something you already like there's a reason your favorite songs are some of uh, you, uh, how do I say it, you might not like a song the first time, it's familiarity, okay, it's familiarity that makes music, uh, that makes you like music so much, so I guarantee the first time you heard your favorite song, you probably weren't that fussed on it, you might you obviously liked it, but you have to listen to it again and again, and then you know what's you know when the chorus is coming up, you know what you're about to enjoy, you know all the bits, you know the, the melody, XYZ, right? But if you hear a new song on the radio, like a Taylor Swift song is a good example, you might hear Taylor Swift's new song and you like it straight away. If you like that sort of music, it's because it, pop music is so similar to itself. That you know when the chorus is coming, you know probably what the hook's gonna do. It's gonna have a chorus that's like dun 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 dun, dun, dun uh, uh, a verse that's real sort of uh, um, yeah real, not monotone or or mon- but it's gonna be very uh, uh, understated. And then the chorus is gonna be a big melodic, like hooky, poppy song, right? So that's why you like it straight away because it's already the same as something that you that you already know so it's almost like you already know the song right the reason it takes a while to listen to radiohead if you haven't before is because they're not really like anything else that you've listened to so the familiarity factor is not there so you're not going to really start loving radiohead until you've listened to a decent amount of radiohead <laughs> so it's kind of the, and it's i guess that's the same with any band that's um you know got its own unique thing going on is is you're not going to like it heaps until you've listened to only that band so I don't know it's but Radiohead especially just because of the nature of Tom York's voice uh and the way they write songs it's yeah it's not it's definitely not a verse chorus verse uh sort of structure a lot of the time so what I would recommend doing (laughs) this is more like less less of how much I love them and more like a lesson on how to get into Radiohead uh is go and listen to the album In Rainbows first. Um, this is one of the more recent albums, but it it's the most melodic one. It's the easiest listening. It's like, the songs is really pretty. Um, they, they sound like songs. Uh, the first two songs, to be fair, on the album are quite hard-hitting. But from nude onwards, it's just like beautifulness. You know, it's just absolute... Like, you'll go to sleep listening to it. Well, kind of. It's not like it's real sleepy music. It's just melodic and pretty, I guess you could say. But that'll, you know, that's, that's, um, you know, an amazing album, but it's the easiest listening for them. From there, I'd probably head to, uh, OK Computer, which has got songs you might know, like, uh, Karma Police, um, well you probably might only know karma police from that oh let's real quick let's have a tangent on the radiohead thing not well a tangent within radiohead and let's talk about creep (sighs) so many people send me like people covering creep oh ryan likes radiohead he'll like this creep is barely radiohead it's the most popular song but it's barely radiohead uh, once you listen to the rest of them and you get into all the other albums and all the stuff you're like oh man creepers barely even them it's off their first album which is 94 i think no earlier because yeah it's early early 90s and they're still making music in 29 29- uh when was their last album? 2016 you know it's that's that's my whole lifetime pretty much it's their first album was written when i was a baby and then they're still writing music just a couple of years ago of course it's going to be different so i would say if all you've heard is creep then that's not radiohead uh so go and listen to in rainbows then do okay computer um the yeah a moonshaped pool their most recent album that's really nice as well really pretty if you want the more sort of raw hard-hitting electronic-y albums you're gonna go and listen to kid a um and hail to the thief hail to the thief's probably the most brash the most raw um if you enjoy hail to the thief then you enjoy everything radiohead has because that's their that's their gnarliest stuff probably Hail to the Thief and am- Amnesiac are pretty pretty hard-hitting albums. Um but yeah, Kid A, one of the greatest albums of all time. I think it was I think it might have been the last time I saw Rolling Stone it was their greatest album of all time was Kid A. Um which it makes sense when you listen to it. It's it's a complete So it came out in the year 2000 and if you listen to it, and if you can think back to the year 2000, I mean, how old was I? I was nine, so I don't really know, but you can imagine compared to what some of the stuff going on, well, like, that's when John Mayer and Jack Johnson and, and that sort of thing, That's and uh, Jason Mraz, you know, that was, well, he was later, but that's when that was real popular. Like, the singer-songwriter was the early 2000s, yet here Radiohead were, you know, they were doing all this crazy stuff that... um I won't play you because we'd have to listen to the whole song and you uh, wouldn't do it in your own time but uh yeah Kid A is is widely regarded as, as their best album my favorite album is funnily enough it's probably The King of Limbs which is a weird little um eight track it's a weird little album but it's it's a real <laughs> it's really cool and I yeah I only kind of love well there's three songs on there that are good and then five songs on there that are just outrageously like like wizardry you know um and I saw them on the King of Limbs tour and I said tour really interestingly then didn't I I was like tour we're all about self-analysis here in, in the Creed uh yeah so King of Limbs is almost kind of sentimental to me but it's a cool album too um yeah, I don't know. I mean, there. Uh, if I had to convince you to get into them, I'd get, I'd say go and listen to In Rainbows um, and then sort of work your way around from there. But it's, yeah. It, like I said, remember, if you don't like them straight away, it's because you haven't listened to them before because they're not familiar to you like every other sort of music is to you. Like if you hear a new Jack Johnson song, Back to Old Mate Jack, you're probably going to like it because it's similar it'll be similar to, you know, most of his other stuff, or, you get the analogy, right? Okay, let's leave it there, that was, that was longer than I thought it was going to be, but that was, I like talking about that, um, Yeah, you know, given everything going on at the moment, I thought it would be different to, um, or not, to, I thought it would be good to just do something completely different, and not sort of try and dig myself into a hole of trying to talk about the current affairs, because i don't think i'm the guy i'm gonna get people on though that that i'm basically gonna quiz not quiz i'm gonna ask them questions of course and uh and they can they can help us out rather than me trying to be like well i think you know because i don't really i I mean i know what i think but i don't think anyone cares what i think i barely care what i think (laughs) you know so we'll get people that on here that we can um that I care about what they think and hopefully that means you care about what they think but I thought it would be a better idea just to talk about something completely different something that I'm that I care about deeply which is music sticking with the top 10 theme uh obviously like I said I don't think they are the top 10 best musicians or bands ever though some of them would be um you know, you're obviously missing bands like the Beatles. Jimi Hendrix isn't there. Clapton would probably be in there somewhere. You know what I mean? So, uh, that's yeah, that's what it was. It was my favorite, the ones I like listening to the most, not necessarily the best. Like we did with the, with the the athletes. So, that is that. I uh, hope you enjoyed. I want to know what your. I mean, if you want to send me a top ten or write it in the comments of a post or whatever feel free to do the 10 let me know your your one favorite let me know your top 3 i always like knowing what people's because it's so subjective there's no right or wrong so i love to know what what other people's are cuz you go holy shit that's like you people will come out with stuff that you would never even think um would be in anyone's top 3 you know but you go well that's <laughs> they're not wrong cuz that's their that's their favorite so, so i want to know what your top three are or your top one or your top 10 whatever um and i'll uh maybe shout some out on the next episode and and see how diverse see how uh musically diverse the creed is all right guys thank you so much for listening um we'll catch you next time bye